Go. Go. I'm super excited about today for real in this message. But before I jump in and preach this message, I want to tell you a couple quick things. First of all, if you're fasting, I'm really proud of you. You've made it a week. Keep going. That's amazing. We've been getting up every morning and praying. If you haven't joined us for prayer at 6.30 and you're not a morning person, we cool. You can can join in later. You can do it at 9 o'clock at night, but it'll be online. It'll be on both YouTube and Facebook. I think that's the only two, and if it's somewhere else and you don't find it, then watch it. Praise the Lord. I I don't know. But it'll be on those. We're going to do it every day, Monday through Friday, 6.30, except for tomorrow. A lot of y'all are off for Dr. King's birthday. We're going to celebrate if you are working at a school or a bank or government office or whatever else. There's lots of people that are off. So we decided we'd do it at 9 and let some people join us. If y'all want to come and pray, come on, 9 o'clock tomorrow. But on Tuesday, we're going back to what time? 6.30. Y'all did good. Call and response. Praise the Lord. It just shows y'all don't talk, so talk to me today. But keep going. Listen, reminder, fasting is us detaching for what's attached to us, and, and prayer is attaching to God. And so every day do it. If you don't feel like you get this big bombshell revelation from God, just keep going. You may not. But eventually you will see. So do it. The other thing is baptism is two weeks from today. And I wish that some of y'all who have gotten saved but never been baptized would sign up because that's our first commandment. And it's amazing. And do it. Praise the Lord. Let's get rolling. Y'all ready? Someone say go make peace. Go make peace. So how do I do it? How do I do it? How do I go and make peace? Because if y'all are like me and you think about peace, you probably think about the people who are peacemakers. I live with one. Have y'all ever messed with an Enneagram? Anybody? Anybody know what it is? We know what I'm talking about. The nine on the Enneagram, one through nine, there's nine different things. I'm not a nine. That is a peacemaker. I don't even think I got a sneeze of a nine. Seven, eight, seven. Seven, eight, something. Anyway, not nine. Someone say not nine. Not nine. nine. Mark didn't get it. Here's what peacemakers do. Peacemakers oftentimes, I won't necessarily mean all of them because Leah's gotten a little bit bold the longer we've gotten married. She don't really care anymore. So please come back, peacemaker. But peacemakers in their natural form, the nines, they want everybody to be happy. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of us don't care, especially if you make us mad. We want you to be mad if we're mad. And we'll do whatever it takes to make you mad. I'm not talking about the peacemakers right now. But they'll be the ones that if they're watching two people argue, they're figuring out a way to make sure they'll stop arguing and that they like each other by the end of the conversation. If you don't know any of these people around, what are y'all doing? They live all over us. They're among us. Right? Can I tell y'all something? This is not the piece that I'm referring to today. Because there's a massive difference between making someone happy. Look at me. That's called appeasement. I'm about to show it to you in a minute. But appeasement doesn't do anything except a momentary band-aid on a big, bad, ugly situation. How many of us can agree in the room that our country is a big, bad, ugly situation? Somebody better say amen. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, Green Party, Blue Party, Red Party. No party. It ain't a party. It's a crazy. They all corrupt. I'm just telling you the truth. I don't trust any of them. I don't trust any of them. If y'all trust any of them, y'all trust them. But this is not 
a Republican convention, Democratic convention, any convention. This is to say that we got people that vote all different ways in this room and all different ways watching online, and we all feel the same. We just feel it differently about different things. Some people feel an election was stolen. Some people feel that meanness has happened for four years, and I'm glad that one's getting out. So we have all different opinions, but that does not matter right now. Hear me. We got cats that are canning food. Y'all can cats? Everything you can, just in case martial law happens and something happens, I ain't got nothing to eat. Huh? We got, I'm talking about y'all are scared to death. You got, you got pallets of toilet paper. If it gets that bad, poop outside, right? Because I'm going to tell you, people are shooting. I don't care what happens back here. I care what happened up here, right? But we're worried. Why? Because we don't know how to control what's going on out there, and we're scared to death, and we just think, here's an idea. Maybe my opinion will change things. I'm not even going to ask y'all to talk back. Just do this. Nope. It ain't. Someone say, it ain't. All the English teachers are freaking out right now. I don't care. It ain't changed nothing. We feel frustrated. We feel upset. And we're like, ah. And then, and then, and then. Never, never mind the fact that, that we've been dealing with COVID and we feel shut in. And then people that we love get sick. And, and some people, they get it and they don't even have a symptom. And some people die. And what is the deal? And I'm not making light of that at all. Because people that I love have passed away from it. And we feel like, what is going on? How can that person that's unhealthy get it and they don't even show a symptom? And that person who seemed healthy dies. And this party thinks we should wear masks when we're in the freaking shower. And this party thinks we should never wear a mask anyway because we have liberty. Woo! I'm done. Amen. Just kidding. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all would say we don't feel peace? Well, let's kick that door down. We fin to. Let's find out how peacemakers can happen. Jesus said in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, blessed are the? Say it loud. Blessed are the? For they shall be called sons of God. That's interesting. That's interesting, especially coming from the Son of God, who then said the peacemakers will, be, will now be called sons of God. The tense in this, in this statement in English is hard to translate it, but the tense is not just then but now. It continues. It's a progressive talk. That if you are a true peacemaker, you will be not just, not just called, but seen as and associate. You will, you will walk as a son or daughter. You will be a kingdom man or kingdom woman because that's what peacemakers are. And as a result, that's who you become. You're identified by this. Now watch. That's cool when that would preach good and all that. But what does it matter? What does it matter if peace comes or doesn't come through me? What does it matter? What does it matter? But I think everybody in here, would probably clear your bank account out. If you could guarantee that storms would stop, y'all listen to me. I'm going to blow some of your minds. Some of y'all going to send me letters. Mark's lost his mind. He don't believe the Bible anymore. If you'll read it, you'll see it. The chaos that's taking place on planet Earth right now is not because God has removed his hand from us like some people are going to say. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't anoint someone and then if they don't do it his way, he takes his hand away. That do happen. <laughs> it sure do. But I'm talking about the ground underneath us. If y'all go back to the very beginning, if you don't even know the Bible, I can tell you this quick. If you go back to the very beginning, Adam and Eve, Garden of Eden, things are perfect. All of a sudden they sin. Ooh, that apple looks good. Don't know why it's an apple, just keep going. And they eat it, and they sin. And not only are they cursed men and women, 
but so is the ground. And so there is chaos and carnage all around us. Y'all listen, I'm going to mess with you. I know this is mess with, with your belief system, but you can pray all you want. God, stop the tornadoes and the storms. And, and every once in a while, I believe God will absolutely intervene. But the Bible says something different about how it stops. Guess who stops it? Someone say me. me. That's the answer. So what? No, it's not you by yourself. You're not powerful on your own. You're natural. But when the super meets your natural, things change. But it's still not enough. You've got to do it God's way. Take this in. Blessed are the, say it. For they shall be called. Romans chapter 8. I consider this suffering, what we're going through right now, is crap. But I consider it, that, that this suffering in this present time, even though it stinks and I hate it and whatever, it's nothing compared to the glory that's about to be revealed in us. For creation, that's everything out here, waits eagerly. It, it, it's just sitting there like this going, when? On the revealing of Jesus coming back to earth. Is that what it says? Say it loud. Is that what it says? No, what, the creation waits eagerly on Jesus to finally listen to our prayers and do something. No, creation is longing, eagerly waiting. And if you continue to read the chapter, it continues to talk about it, by the way, if you want more information. But creation is like, I'm broken, and it's tumultuous, jacked up, messed up, unstable, fault lines, all this. And it's waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Say it loud like you mean it. Creation is waiting on the revealing of the sons of God. So peacemakers seem important to me. Are y'all with me? You can't be a sons of God if you're not a peacemaker, because if he don't call you that, you ain't. Some of y'all that don't know Southern English, just write it down and sound it out. But if he doesn't say you are, you can say you are all you want and you are not. There you go. Because you are who he says you are. And he said I'm a peacemaker. Or excuse me, he said I'm a son of God when I'm a peacemaker. So I don't know about y'all, but I'd like to be a peacemaker. So let's go through it. What does it mean to be a peacemaker? A peacemaker is not someone who avoids conflict. A peacemaker is not someone who avoids conflict. A peacemaker is not someone who avoids conflict. As a matter of fact, it's someone who in the midst of it, amid the conflict, they change their environment into something better than it is. They see the problem, and they go meet the problem head on. They're not afraid of conflict. They realize in the middle of that they were called to it. That's why I'm oftentimes not a peacemaker. Because I ask God to change the environment. And I feel like if God were to speak audibly back to me, and he rarely, has never, rarely does, he would say, Mark, I sent you. I sent you to change that. So go be the peacemaker. Go be the peacemaker. Watch this. This is huge. If you want to help someone, tell them the, say it loud. Truth. Say it loud. Truth. Tell them the truth. If you want to help yourself, tell them what they want to hear. For whatever reason, we think appeasers are peacemakers, but I'm here to tell you that appeasement is to tell people what they want to hear, but a peacemaker is to tell the truth. Now, I need to help you. I did not say facts. I did not say your opinion. I did not say make your opinion into facts and then make it appear like that's the truth. Stop it. I did not say listen to a conspiracy theories for three hours and then all of a sudden vomit them out. 
is some of it truth? Sure. But if some of it is, some of it ain't. How many of y'all know Satan operates that way? He takes the truth and twists it. That was on purpose. It's not enough to get some of the truth. It's only enough to stand on the truth. This is an absolute stain, say, statement. I'll try to say both of them together. This means, this means that you absolutely only stand up and fight for what is truth, not what you believe. Because a lot of times what you believe does not line up with the truth. I'm sorry to break your heart. How do I know that? Because it's the case with me. I get all passionate and excited. I will fight with people over stuff that doesn't matter. Who cares if my team won or lost? I do because we did. But just keep going. I like the bills. Keep going. Braden, I did do it. But does that matter next week? Nope. It don't even matter tomorrow. It probably don't matter this afternoon because something can happen in my life and that doesn't change anything. So why would I fight over something like that? It doesn't even matter. Only the truth is what I'm supposed to be resolute by. It's like an anchor. Matter of fact, the Bible says that there's a belt of truth that holds me together. Because here's what's so interesting. This word peace in the original language means to be held together or to feel wholeness. And the opposite of that is anxiety or care, hurt, concern. But not just concern like I should care about my kids, but concern to the level that I don't believe I can fix this, so I'm going to let it tear me apart. Therefore, we don't feel whole, we feel torn apart, and we don't know what to do. And interestingly, Jesus had a funny way of teaching. Like, well, You know how y'all have said before, because I know we're not supposed to admit stuff like this, but I'm just Mark, so I just tell the truth. You know how we've said stuff like, I wish I'd have been around in Jesus' day because it would have been a lot easier to believe. It's hard to believe now because he's not here physically among us, even though we have his spirit in us, and that's better. Don't worry about that. How, how many of y'all know that if you've been a Christian a while, you've said that? It'd be nice if Jesus was here. Can you say yes if you, if you said it? You about to agree that you're wrong and I'm wrong. Because in Mark chapter 4, this interesting things happen. Jesus asked the 12 disciples to follow him. And then he starts teaching and doing these miracles on their side of the lake. Someone say, my side. Say it loud like you mean it. Say, my side. How many of y'all know when we're on our side, it's easy? This is when we have to look at the other side. <laughs> you know, like, and ain't it's fun. I can draw a crowd just with people that want to agree with me. But I can make some folks mad that love me if I disagree. If I start leaning on the other side and at least listening to my brothers and sisters who look or sound or act or vote or whatever different to me, then all of a sudden I might get out of context. You're like, I thought you said this wasn't political. It's not at all. It's what Jesus did. See, Here's what Jesus done. He started doing miracles, and people were like, I want to see him. And then things started happening. I want to see him. And all of a sudden, he starts teaching on the side of these mountains, and 20,000 cats show up. Now, how many of y'all know that if you're just a fisherman, you don't have a name, nobody cares about you, and all of a sudden, you get to be in a posse with 12 and a Jesus, and 20,000 cats show up, you name dropping. Come on. I mean, like, back in the day when we had MySpace, he's in my favorite friends. Huh? He's at the top. I want everybody to know. Y'all teenagers are like, who's Pace? Don't worry about it. <laughs> we want everybody to know how popular we are, how awesome we are, because listen, I'm motivated by a crowd. I'm not really motivated by peace. I'm talking about me now. Y'all don't have to agree if you don't. 
I'm motivated when Jesus does exactly what I want him to. I'm not really motivated when it looks like he's throwing me into a place that I don't want to go. And he's teaching on this thing called, called seed and like harvesting and, and he's doing all this stuff. But Jesus had a funny way if you were one of his disciples of going, you know what, I just taught you that and you thought you understood. So let me help you understand. We're going to go do it. We're going to go do it. Mark 4, at the end of the chapter, and then I'm going into Mark 5, it says, on that day, the same day that he's teaching about all this stuff, that 20,000 people are showing up, that they're watching these miracles on that same day when they should have just gone to the crib, gone home, watched a little TV, and hung out. It's time to kick it, Jesus. Why are you messing with us? It says that evening when it came, he said, let us go across to the other side and leaving the crowds. No. We just started building the crowd. I'm the least popular cat in my, in my whole school. And then all of a sudden I followed you and now I'm popular and you want me to leave the popularity. What's wrong with you, Jesus? And not only leaving the crowds, you told us, let us go across to the other side. Here's the problem with the other side. This is what a lot of people wouldn't know. But when Jesus would have pointed, it's, it's just a huge lake. But you can see the other side. So as soon as you saw the other side, what you would have thought is, oh, he ain't talking about, he ain't talking about Capernaum. And he dang sure ain't talking about Tiberius. And he said, he's talking about the non-Jewish people. Them old nasty pagan Roman. Them old cats that they look different than me. They don't even have the same skin color as me. They don't even have the same language as me in some cases. They sound like they talk different. It's okay if it's quiet. I don't want to mess with, listen, 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 those people. Why didn't Jesus just let us walk home? What's wrong with Jesus? I've always found this part of the passage interesting. It says that he got him in the boat and said, let's go across to the other side. And then it says, and there were lots of other boats with him. And a great windstorm rose. Why? If, you, if you've ever been to Israel, you know that in the summertime, it's super humid in the north part of the, of the country. And it, it, that's the lowest fresh body of water on planet Earth. All right, so you've got... Between four and 800 feet below sea level, depending on the time of year and how much they drain away, it, it's unbelievable. Low, low, low. And then you've got these huge mountains right beside it, and you've got this wind tunnel, and it just blows storms day and night, blows storms. And they look and go, we're here. We're going over there. And the tunnel's over there. That ain't good. We ain't got lights. I don't know if y'all noticed, they did not have headlights 2,000 years ago, Right? And so they didn't like the idea to start with, I promise you. And then this, this big windstorm comes up. That's a lack of peace, right? I mean, it's chaos where you are. And it says the waves were breaking in the boat and they were already filling up. And, and, but Jesus was in the stern asleep on a cushion. What? I got waves coming in my boat. This boat's tiny. I got Jesus and the 12 dwarfs and I don't know what to do about it. Right? I mean, what am I supposed to do? They, they're over here going, whistle while you work, and you over here doing this thing, and I don't know what to do, and what's wrong with us? And they're freaking out just like all of us do every day because our prayer time is often spent on all the things that we wish Jesus would allow to stop happening or what's the deal or whatever. It's so interesting to me that Jesus, when they woke him up, teacher, why do you not care? We're dying. Help us. Ah! Jesus looked up. Took the sleep out of his eyes, cracked his back a little bit. Peace be still. Pa-pow. Now, if you were scared of the storm, because y'all know how many times we pray prayers like, Jesus, if you would just, but if he would just, you would freak out. 
Because it's like, please, please, I want this. Oh, snap. You did it. And he says, why are you so afraid? Why do you still have no faith? But you missed the part that says, peace, be still. My goodness, I could preach this for the next hour, but I got to keep going. I want y'all to find this interesting fact. I want want y'all to pull this out. The fact that the only one, y'all look this way, the only one that had authority to speak to the peace is the only one that had peace inside. Everybody else was freaking out. Asking God, asking, asking Buddha at anybody at this point. They're just calling out to any God they could think of. Help me, Tom Cruise. Take the witch, use your witchcraft to get it off of me. They're using anything they can because they're just freaking out. Why? Because what's inside is coming out at this moment. And then Jesus, who sleep, gets up and rebukes it. Because peace is not an event. Peace is a person. Y'all remember at Christmas? He shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of... Peace is a person. And peace resides in you if you're a follower of Jesus. And it's my opportunity to not only have peace in all storms of life, in all circumstances, when everybody else is talking junk against you, you can feel resolute. As the anchor for my soul and your soul, I can rest when there's waves, when there's wind, when everything else is going on. And they're amazed about how do you do this. They let the wind and the waves be the thing that they focused on and not the actual peace that was in the boat with them already that they could have. And they missed it. Because it says, they were filled with great fear. Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey? Why? Listen, listen. Because they had defined themselves by the winds and the waves and not the peace. Now keep going. Keep in mind, they've taught 20,000. They thought they were awesome. They started getting name plates because they wanted to make sure everybody knew they were gangster Jesus people. Look at us. We're awesome. And then all of a sudden, this happens, and they're like, forget that. Can we go back to fishing? Can we go back to doing our old thing? Jesus, this is too hard. But I wonder. So, so they ain't slept at all. Y'all know the feeling. They're like, I went through all this, and we still going to get up and go to work? Last verse of the chapter, flip to the next chapter. They came to the other side of the sea and the country of the Gerasenes. This is the non-Jewish people where they didn't really want to go in the first place. And when Jesus stepped out of the boat, immediately, someone say immediately. That means right then. That, That doesn't mean anything special. It just means, bam, there was a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs and had, and no one could bind him anymore, which means dude was crazy. They had kicked him out of the city just on the outskirts to live in the freaking graveyard. Side of a mountain, I've seen the garrisons. I've seen what it probably looked like. It's different than it used to be, but only slightly. And you got these rocks and these holes in the ground. That means he was living in a hole. We call these cats trolls when you grow up. Come on, I'm not even trying to be funny, but it is. He's the grumpy old troll that lives under the bridge. That's this cat. You don't know what's going on. Dude is nuts. When he comes up, my man hadn't showered in 10 years, not 10 days. Stank is, is, is hundreds of yards away. It just, it just floats. You're looking at me going, ah, and he's crazy, y'all. I'm fixing to show you. I underscored it. That is, that is not even close to what it was. My man is nuts. He would be in a mental hospital, locked in a confined room, rubber cage, and he would be tied up. And this says that wouldn't even hold him. But that dude comes and sees, okay, so we got 20,000. Praise God. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. And then why'd you call me to this crap? To think of 
at that crazy dude. I mean, he's nuts. He smells bad. And you can get me up on him. And all his people anyway are weird. I don't even like his people. Wrong with you, Jesus? Gracious. He had been bound with shackles and chains and, and, and wrenched the chains apart and broke the shackle to, someone say this word. Say it loud. I just wanted to tell you before I keep going that you have one of two choices today. You can either find peace in the person of Jesus and then walk in it steadfast or be in pieces. Now listen, here's why. Because if things are going good today, that doesn't matter. But eventually they won't. And you'll be just like the demoniac man. I'm not saying you'll be filled with a demon. I'm not saying you'll look as crazy. I'm not saying everybody will outcast you. But eventually nothing will be able to hold you and you'll do things you never thought you would because peace never actually was an anchor for your soul. The thing that the anchor for your soul brought, the 20,000, the fame, the goodness, the increase financially, the whatever else you think Jesus might bring you until the Job thing happens and he wants to test and see, is that person actually really anchored with me or just what I brought them? No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and the mountains, always crying out, cutting himself, because that's not something new, y'all. The definition of peace is wholeness. The definition of anxiety, which leads to a true depressed state, is not whole, lacking wholeness. And so when it sets in and becomes who I am, no matter how many times I pray, when peace does not invade my life, I want to find a way not to, watch this, don't miss it, feel Better. And so I'll try anything and everything. And eventually, cutting becomes I feel that cutting so I don't have to feel this unwholeness, this, this brokenness, this lack of peace. And so maybe if I can just feel pain, maybe if I can just feel drunk, maybe if I can just feel high, maybe if I can just feel sex, because maybe that'll take care of it. And in marriage, it's a wonderful thing. But outside of marriage, when it's abused, it just causes more brokenness. And we wonder why we feel continuously more and more and more and more and more and more broken. Like it's a spiral downward, but it's because we do it to ourselves. And what creation all around us and our friends and our family are begging for is the same thing we beg for. Peace. Peace is a person. It's not an event. And it anchors you. You know what I think is so interesting about this message is, Jesus said in Matthew 7 when he was teaching on this, on this same mountain that, that the wise man is the one that builds his house on a, y'all say it, on a what? On a rock. On a foundation that's firm. And the foolish man builds his house on the sand. Those of you that went to church growing up, you remember it. We sang songs and we did stuff. But the only thing that the sand represents, in my opinion, because it's sand, ultimately, but it stings. It's any and everything but the one thing that is the rock, Jesus. And the Bible says that you are a house being built up. Like the house that he's talking about is not brick and mortar. It's not metal. It's you. You're the edifice, the house of God that he resides in, that he places, listen, his peace inside to sit and reside. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. And so as he's building me up, if I'm not anchored to the foundation, if I don't have an anchor for my soul, then I'll just keep praying that God would build me up by never being anchored and I move when the wind blows. I try to appease. I want people to like me. I'm blown here and there. And when the outside circumstances get messed up, I'm blown away. But when the inside circumstances, I blow everything away. 
I become an untamed beast that will cuss anybody or be angry with anybody. And y'all, it happens to me all the time. I mean, I said to Leah last week, I would say I don't know why I'm angry, but I know the exact reason. That doesn't mean I'm going to do something about it. I've let outside dictate inside instead of letting inside determine outside. I've let a lack of peace from my circumstances make me who I am rather than allowing the anchor for my soul to withstand every storm. And therefore, I'm a jerk to people. And I do sins that I never thought I would before. And and I'm hateful and I'm short. But I think, listen, I think if just a few more followers would come, I'd start feeling better. And 20,000 plus wouldn't for them. So I don't know what we think would happen. And I look at people like the demoniac. Thank God I'm not him. You know the difference between me and him? I'm fixing to throw something I'm going to preach. You know what he did as soon as Jesus got there? Immediately he ran. And other translations say he worshiped Jesus. And we thought, who's this cat? What does he think he is? Now, who do I think I am? I don't deserve the love of God. I mean, his mercies that are new every morning in Lamentations and in several other places in the Bible aren't something I'm just supposed to passively go by. It should blow my mind that he doesn't punish me like I deserve. And that his love for me is new, but I don't care about that. I just need what I need, God. If the only thing God ever gave me was salvation, the wretch sinner that Mark Pangle is, it should blow my mind to the point that I never take my eyes off of him, but that's not enough. Why? Because I'm me. And I need more. And I need, and I need to feel good. And I need to know good. And I need to have good. And I need to have this. And God, if you just do this, and we try to make deals with him, and we get frustrated, and we don't understand why we feel the way we feel, so we begin to ask God to help us feel a different way. And I, I just know that some of you have felt the same way I have many times in my life and you've wondered why do I feel this way and the reality is because an angel feels that he's here for it's your heart he's the anchor for your soul and for some of you he loves you so much you better look at me he'll allow you to go through all that hell so he can be glorified because I'm about to show you something so cool if they never go through the storm. They just stay with the crowd. If they never go, this one guy, y'all, crowd didn't show up. One weirdo crazy dude shows up. And he ran and fell down and worshiped him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, Jesus, son of the most high, I adjure you, don't torment me. For he was saying to him, Jesus was saying, come out of this man, you evil spirit that has bound him and held him. And I'm not arguing that anybody in this room is demon possessed. I believe we know it and I don't believe anybody is. But I do believe there's some people bound up without peace and I believe it's possible to be unbound from your past and never be bound to peace and it's not enough to get unbound from past you got to get bound to peace and until peace becomes what ties me together then I'll just get frustrated because the only one that had the authority to call this out of him because we read the Bible and we think well I can just say in Jesus name get out evil spirit get out demon and the demon should come. And then we've tried things before. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. And nothing's happened, right? And we get frustrated. But it has nothing to do with you saying the right things. Y'all listen. It's why. And it's who. It's not what. We get so caught up in, does, do, I, do I dress right? And do I do this right? And, and he's like, no, a man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Because God's authority offers peace in all tumultuous environments. Watch this. 
both outside like a storm and inside like this demoniac's heart. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be sons of God. Creation is groaning, aching, begging, please reveal the true sons of God that is not male specific, that is sons and daughters. Please reveal this. Why? Because so, peace can come then to, a, to a, a world that is stirred up, agitated, crazy, no peace whatsoever. And the peace that's necessary is Jesus, surely. But it's Jesus in you, through you, and out of you. Because he left his peace for you. And then what happens in the story is Jesus casts out these demons. And then the demons, y'all better get this, the demons say to him, Jesus, please don't cast us out of the region. He says country, but it means region, it means territory area. You know, I talk about kingdom and territory so many times, it's not to be weird. That's not weird. If you have an understanding, you are a kingdom citizen operating on this place called Spartanburg County right now. You may be from Greenville, you may be from another city, but we're in Spartanburg County and this is our region. And, and, and the territory we're supposed to take is not by buying more land. And I believe we're going to have lots of land. And it's not by building more churches. And I believe we're going to have more churches. Territory is driving out evil and driving in God's goodness through the sons of, of God in him. It, 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 it becomes mine. And they beg, please don't run me out. Because in this case, they, they, they just said this. We, you, you can't make us just be in the air and have nothing. We have to have a body. And so he threw them into the pigs and they ran off and, and jumped off the, the side of the cliff. But in order to take the territory, y'all watch. He uses human beings with bodies. You and me. Could God do it without me? Of course. He just chose not to. So how is territory taken? Well, according to the Bible, it's taken by peace, not by war. The thing I'm supposed to go to war with is not other human beings. Because this battle is not flesh and blood, but principalities and darkness. So I put on the full armor of God, including the belt of truth. Because peace and truth are synonymous. You can't have peace with facts. You can't have peace with feeling good. But there's something crazy. Y'all better get this because I really do feel like running laps. If I was in the crowd, I, if I had a wig, I'd throw it. I'm just telling you. What happens for real when peace invades someone? Well, they pray a prayer, Mark, and they, and they get saved, and then they go live in their life the same way. I, I, that ain't what it says. I mean, like, why are we doing this, Jesus? We've been through this storm, and then a, a stormy person that is just as unsettled as that storm was last night inside, that that was outside you. But we only talked to one person. Like, there's thousands of people in the Decapolis where, where we could go another mile and be to the whole city, but you stopped on the shoreline and this crazy dude guy comes up and talks to you and you're like, why do I even want to talk to them? And, and, and then, and then he, he gets the demon out of him and his face changes and his heart changes and everything changes and then we should stay and celebrate and have this party and let him cook, cook crazy stuff for us and it'd be amazing and oh, this is what happens. As Jesus was getting back in the boat, someone say same day. <laughs> now that's a day. Like you're 24 hours, you get done with that one. You, you sleep for two days, right? You're tired, crazy, what just happened? So as he was getting back in the boat, the man who had been possessed by the demon said, Jesus, let me come with you. I, was, I, I don't want to leave. 
I want you, if you go to the moon right now, I'm coming. Because I've been bound up, watch what I'm telling you right now, for years. And I'm not bound up anymore. And I don't care what they say, what they say, what they say. I know who I was, I know who I am, and therefore I go wherever you say go. And then Jesus did say go. It just wasn't come with me. It was, no, no, no. I got this covered, but I know what really happened to you. Because see, today you didn't just go through emotion. You got peace. Someone say, I got peace. And when peace comes, he knows a whole region shifts. Because it's just no, go home and tell how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Watch this. And he went back and began to proclaim in the Decapolis, his city, in the region of the Gerasenes, how much Jesus had done and everyone marveled. I think it's so interesting that it doesn't say everyone marveled at how good Jesus was preaching was. Now, let me help you with something. This isn't pride or putting myself down talking. This is just honesty. If, if that's not why, if Jesus' preaching isn't why the Decapolis marveled, then I guess we shouldn't guess that Mark's preaching is going to be the reason because I probably don't preach as good as Jesus. <laughs> Y'all okay? I don't feel, I, that's a pretty big oak tree that I'm going out on, right? Why do people marvel? Because the cat that was jacked up that people wouldn't even look at. I mean, they would get within hundreds of yards of this cat and they would tell their kids, get behind me. Let's walk around. We will go 10 miles out of the way so we don't have to see that cat. They looked different. He sounded different. He acted different. Because he had not just gone through emotion or tried to get educational information. Peace had invaded his life. And when it did, peace started going out of his life. And the many boats that were around him, they got their peace too. In this case, the many boats around him were his neighbors and the people that he worked for 10 years ago before he got crazy. And they started seeing him back and they're like, what happened? I mean, you, you, you got scars all over your body. You got cuts and everything, but I can tell, I can see a change. Because see, on the other side of the lake, creation had been crying out. When are we going to feel different? When are we going to see change? And Jesus went across to show them that I don't have to go reach a whole city. I can just reach one person and the whole region can be changed in peace. Because peace is not an event. Peace is not an emotion. Peace is a person in Jesus Christ. And it's always, always, always tied to not just truth, the truth. The truth. Singular, not, not opinion, singular truth. And here's what Jesus said in John chapter 14. He said, I am the way and what? The truth. The truth. And the life and no one can come to the Father except through me. And then at the end of the chapter, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not the, the way that this world offers. <laughs> through all of these remedies and all of these things and all of these next and all of these mores and everything else. I'm not offering it to you that way. I'm offering you me. that I can settle all your past debts, that I can settle all your past disputes, that I can settle that broken place in your life where you think if I get that, maybe I'll feel that. And the reality is feel is not even an issue when Jesus is the anchor for my soul. The answer for the turmoil in our country is not that we would become a godly country again, it's that the church would be sons and daughters. 
that we would be peacemakers. Notice I didn't say appeasers. I do not have to agree with a Democrat or a Republican to bring peace to those houses. I have to be a truth teller. Can I tell y'all something? People don't like the truth. They don't. If y'all don't know it yet, you probably ain't telling enough truth. But if the goal is to get them to like you, you've missed the point of their soul that's at stake. But if the goal is for their soul, listen, we won't do it in a hateful way. We won't do it conniving. We won't do it to put them down. And we won't even have them ever in our minds as needing it more than I need it right now. And we'll begin to build bridges and close gaps and intercede and bind up. And through Christ and because we're in him, we'll begin to see lives change and neighbors change and homes change. Not because you have the power to change anybody, but because the change agent decided that you were the house that he wanted to live in. And that he would bring peace to this world, not through Jesus returning again. He will bring ultimate peace by ending it all when Jesus comes back the next time. But from now until then, until the gospel of the kingdom is preached throughout the world, he wants to bring peace and end this turmoil through you, through you and through me. And as long as I believe that another prayer time or another this time or another this time might make me feel better, I'll miss the power and authority in Christ Jesus that I have that nothing can bind me up anymore. What I bind on earth is bound in heaven. What I loose on earth is loosed in heaven. How? Because I'm a son. Because I have I have not just received peace, but I walk in peace. So, so you can let all this crap happen all around me, but I can walk steadfast knowing that that storm, I can rest through it. And I can be willing to go to the demoniac who everybody else would laugh at because I don't know what's going to happen when they're reached. But there's a one them out there that when they are, regions will be unlocked. Entire regions will be unlocked just because I cared enough about one. We don't need a God complex. We just need to follow God complex. In everything that we do, whatever you say, God, I'll do it. Let's go. And in the case of the demoniac, he said, I'll go anywhere. I'll be a missionary. I'll go with you. And he said, no, I just want you to go home and reach where you live, work and play. If we just focused on that, we wouldn't have to worry about changing the world because the world changes in us and it would explode through us and he'll do the work. We just got to bring our super and let him be the natural. So I just came to tell some people today, I am motivated and jacked up and excited because I believe peace can come to you in the name of Jesus. And I don't think whatever happens in the worst of times or in the best of times has to dictate who I am and what I know to be true. So I just came to tell you that, Christian, you're a son and you're a daughter. And I don't care what they say. You're a royal priesthood and a holy nation, a peculiar people set apart for his purpose. You're an alien and a stranger in a foreign place called earth that is colonizing this place for the glory of God. And so I believe this present suffering pales in comparison to what's going to actually happen when God is revealed, when his goodness is revealed. And I believe that creation can stop growing. Because some sons and daughters are going to step up in peace and start being peacemakers in Jesus' name. So God, 
I'm so grateful because I, I feel unqualified to preach this word. I, I let circumstances dictate my life so many times in the past and in the present. And, but God, I just, I just really believe resolutely in my soul down deep as an anchor that this is a word this in season that you wanted us to have. And I pray, God, that we won't just let it be words to our ears and never settle in our hearts. But God, that we will let your peace determine every single response, outcome, truth-telling. That God will look at the, quote, other side. And if you say go, we'll go with joy. No matter if it looks like a storm's going to happen on the way there or when we get there. Knowing that you're going to bring peace through your Holy Spirit in Mark and in every person in this room that it'll come out and that people can marvel how good you are. So God, we declare peace being done. And I ask you as we close this service out in just a couple minutes that you draw people to yourself because I believe that's what you're doing right now. It is done in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing.